From the Los Angeles Times, this is Coronavirus in California, stories from the front lines. I'm Gustavo Arellano. It's Monday, May 18th. Today, Hollywood, the center of the universe when it comes to entertainment, is unrecognizable right now. Live shoots have been placed on hold indefinitely. Studios are running out of shows in the can to air. Movie going, of course, is essentially impossible across California, unless your city has an old drive-in or you own your own theater. With the typical gatekeepers in hibernation, creatives are learning, on the fly, how to make things on their own. That's the takeaway from my talk with Al Madrigal, a former Daily Show writer and the hardest-working Mexican in show business. Writer, actor, producer, podcaster, and now, shelter-in-place superstar. Blue Shield of California would like to take this moment to thank the mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, friends, and heroes on the front line. This fight is tough, but so are you. And we're grateful for your courage and your dedication to keeping us all safe and healthy. Thank you. So, Al, in March, you were in a film, The Way Back. And then in April, the CBS sitcom Broke premiered. So how's coronavirus treating you nowadays? The Way Back, who's a movie with Ben Affleck, came out. We premiered on March 6th. So we were in the theaters for about 10 days prior to the quarantine starting. So theaters got shut down all over the country. And it actually was a blessing because... You know, it was a movie that was cost $28 million to make. And um, now I just actually ran into a, the Warner Brothers executive that was responsible for making it and pushing it through. And to, in talking to Ben Affleck, such a blessing, you know, for our box office numbers because we were able to actually go into homes and I think exceeded the expectations for gross revenue by like five times or something like that. It was yeah, so it, a lot of people saw it that probably wouldn't have seen it in the theaters. I think it helped a couple of movies. Wow, so there was a, there is a silver lining for you a right little now. Bit. I mean, I obviously I would, I would trade unsuccessful movie for for people's health, uh, and but yeah, I, I'm glad that a lot of people saw it. When you make something, you want you want people to see it and also to enjoy it. Another thing with Broke, the TV show, I actually worked on that as a writer. So here was a rare opportunity for a Latino male lead to be on a CBS sitcom. I got the job offer because I had worked with the uh, showrunner on I'm Dying Up Here. Actually, I was in that writer's room as well, in addition to acting in it. And we had a fun time working together. So he, he made me an offer as a co-EP. So I got really got to get in there and help out, you know, from writing, I wrote a couple episodes, but it's hard as a comedian when you're a Latino actor, it just the opportunities still aren't there. I auditioned for pilots this season prior to the pandemic, and there was one role that was written for a Latino in all of network, one role. Oh, man. So do you think coronavirus is going to change representation then? No, <laughs> I don't. Uh, so my point was that, um, so this job opportunity came and it was Jaime Camille, who I think is a genius, and Izzy Diaz was in it. And then, so two leads, uh, Latino leads, and he was, the, Jaime was the first male Latino on CBS in 70 years to have their own show. So I, I jumped in to help out and then an actor got fired and they put me in a smaller role and asked me if I'd do the favor. And I jumped in, even though multicams really aren't my cup of tea. But I was just sort of happy to help in any way that I possibly could. 
and it got canceled already. And so, you know, it was reaching a, a big audience and just creatively, I guess they didn't like it, but the numbers were solid. Oh, man, that sucks. So you obviously you juggle all of these roles. You're an actor. You're in podcasts. You're an actor in both TV and film. And you're a writer for TV and you have your own projects. So how are how is everything right now in your career right now? Personally, I've never been busier. I started a podcast network in 2010. And I this week, hopefully we're going to sign five huge names. I mean, two of which are Melissa Villasenor and George Lopez. And so we are doing extremely well because all of comedians' live business is dried up. So everybody wants to do a podcast. I don't want to jinx the three other names that uh, I have coming down the pike, but we are the number one comedy podcast network in the world. Uh, so that's huge. We also do small footprint productions. So I can go out and shoot a TV show with a crew of six to ten people. And there's a certain talent and, uh, you know, tricks to that. And we just, small footprint production is what people need to be doing right now. So we have an opportunity. We've sold shows to Netflix, um, Quibi, Comedy Central. That's going extremely well. And then in addition to my own projects, The Way Back sort of opened a lot of things up. And I have three different TV shows that I'm potentially working on and developing and so things that it, it's 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 actually things have never been better, but it's just a, a culmination of sort of hustling and always having five things going on. Yeah, all your all your fires are finally uh, producing some you know some good stuff right now in the middle of coronavirus. So given that you're mostly at home right now, since you can't go into writers' rooms or whatever, and you're as busy as ever, does being at home actually help you uh, uh, be able to juggle these projects better than say if you had to take all these meetings driving across town to Century City or whatnot? I always spend a lot of time on the phone. Also, I have an, a pretty large office. You know, we have a production facility in Burbank, so that's empty right now. So I can go work there by myself. I think everybody struggles with this. You stay at home and you get caught up in life's maintenance. My wife and kids will constantly be asking me to, you know, do certain things, or I'll walk outside and they're playing ping pong, and I want to, you know, I'll jump in. And, it's good to, to chip off a lot of work. I'll just go work by myself in an empty studio. This LA Times podcast is presented by Blue Shield of California. The fight is tough, but so are you. Thank you, Frontline. This advertiser has no influence over editorial decisions or content. Al, one, one of the things I was going to ask you was about podcasts. You know, you you are, you run this great comedy podcast network. You're obviously getting pitches from people. You're listening to the people who do, who are part of your network. How are you seeing podcasters in particular, especially comedians, rise to the occasion right now with coronavirus? The biggest trend that we're seeing right now is, um, well, writers and comic actors and any comedians have the ability to incubate projects through podcasts. So you have a great show idea that you've gone out and you've pitched networks especially i mean speaking of latinos like there are very few latinos on television 
I had a, this is a good example of a, a Van Nuys strip mall called El Mall. It was called the Valley Value Plaza. I was working in Van Nuys almost every day on About a Boy. And I kept seeing all these strip malls and created this show called El Mall. And I took it out. It didn't sell. It was like a taxi workplace comedy set in a strip mall. And it didn't work. And we're turning it into a podcast. The entry point is so low that all I need is a great audio engineer, which we have, and I can cast it with very funny friends who are all available. That's the thing about this pandemic is everyone's available. If if someone says no, they just don't want to do it. And so that's sort of the bigger trend. But more and more people are seeing their live business dry up and they're, they're turning to podcasts. So it's like a leveler right now because so often the problem with Hollywood is just the entry point. Who can read my script? Who who can I talk to? What agent do I have? And with podcasts, it's almost like a YouTube show, except with podcasts, it's far easier. Anyone can listen to something if the title just intrigues them. Karen Kilgariff is the perfect example. Are you familiar with My Favorite Murder? Oh, yeah. So she had four podcasts before this. She was in Girls Guitar Club. She wrote for Ellen. She She's had such a great career. But, I mean, my favorite murder with the perfect name and, the you know, true crime becoming a thing right after Serial and her being hilarious, her buyout, she started her own network off of that podcast. She's incredibly successful. So with social media and all the traditional gatekeepers are, are not as powerful because we're able to do this all on our own. And that's why I even started All Things Comedy because... You know, I was tired of being a pawn in somebody else's game. You know, we have to pitch, they have to get cast in something. So as a writer or an actor, I'm still depending on these networks. And me and Bill Burr had the idea to just, what if we own the network? That's that's what everyone should do. Be your own boss. Maybe, you know, one day, one day. What about on the acting role? So what are you seeing right now as an actor? When, when are these productions saying, hey, we could have you back on set? Or how are you keeping up with the projects where you're working on as an actor? Casting is zilch right now. There's no one, no one's acting in anything. The the stuff that I have going on that'll lend to acting opportunities are my own shows. But there is no casting going on right now at all. Is there even any indication from the studios like, hey, maybe in a couple of months we'll open, maybe in a couple of weeks or anything? I think it's location dependent. So the the days of cramming everyone in a studio are, are pretty much over. There's so many people involved in a production that you're going to find people working in shifts. They're talking about that, limiting the groups. So the set deck people will go in the, at night. And, you know, when you shadow a director, those days are going to be over. So it's just going to be very small groups working in shifts. And then I heard that it's going to be a lot of location-dependent stuff. So finding areas, you know, you're probably not going to be working in a dense urban area. Yeah, or they'll just ship everyone off to uh, Ensenada like James Cameron did with Titanic. Exactly. A small group goes to Ensenada. (laughs) You could never go wrong with that. How do you see coronavirus then changing Hollywood fundamentally, if at all? Or do you think once all of this is done, Hollywood's going to go back to its old ways? Uh, Eventually, but I think that the effects of this are going to be lasting because I'm fine working from home. We've discovered, I think, you know, speaking to people in other businesses, you're realizing who's essential and who's not at your company. 
And you're also realizing who can work from home and who's more productive at home. I think it's really going to affect commercial real estate. I think it's going to do the same thing to production. Who needs to be there? It actually, one of the negative things that I was thinking about is potentially is going to happen is that, you know, I was supposed to shadow Jamie Widows on mom to learn. I was going to add director to my list of sort of job duties. And um, I was going to shadow a very well-known sitcom director. And he was in Animal House. He directs all of the show Mom on CBS. And people are not going to get those opportunities anymore. So I think the long-term effects for this are going to be the essential personnel only. And um, I think multicams are going to be in a weird spot. You know, you'd have paid laughers spread six feet apart instead of full multicam audiences. And also, you you have stuff like the writer's room. I mean, the writer's room, the, the whole point of the writer's room is to cram as many writers in, as possible and create genius writing out of that. Now everyone's doing it via Zoom and, you know, probably for the foreseeable future. That's right. I mean, Zoom rooms, that's what uh, is it most likely is going to, I mean, every show that is in production is going to just stay on Zoom. Okay, so what comedians are doing stuff right now that you're really enjoying? I love Joel McHale, and my, me and my kids just watched all of Community on Netflix, and so I am a huge fan of all of those guys. They just started a podcast, Ken Jung, and Joel McHale are now doing shows. I love George Lopez. He's got the Chingon podcast that he revived and he's doing on a regular basis, so he's doing some great stuff on Instagram. There's a young Latino comic named Martin Rizzo. It's hilarious. So, you know, everyone's turned to Instagram. There's there's more content sort of out there than ever. Felipe Esparza is hilarious. And he's with All Things Comedy. He's got his What's Up Fool podcast. So, um, yeah, we've got more people turning to digital content than than, than ever because they, they can't go out. What's a good coronavirus joke that you've heard recently? Uh, oh, just this morning I saw uh, Michael Rappaport uh, posted the baby Donald Trump. I don't know. There's a lot of funny stuff, and certainly in meme form, but it's super depressing to me, to tell you the truth, Gustavo. I'm, uh, I'm worried about the state of the economy and uh, what's going to happen in 2021 with all these people out of work. But comedy is supposed to save us. Comedy is supposed to save us. I'm on it. I'm trying. <laughs> That's it for today's episode of Coronavirus in California, Stories from the Front Lines. Thanks for listening. Do you have a story you want to share with us? Call our hotline at 213-986-5652 and leave us a message. That's 213-986-5652 or email me, gustavo.ariano at latimes.com. This podcast was hosted by me, Gustavo Ariano. Our producers are Paige Heimson and Stan Lee. Our senior producer is Rena Palta, and our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Keflin, and our original music was composed by Andrew Eppin. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple. Special gracias to Julia Turner, Shelby Grad, Hector Becerra, and Clint Schaaf. For the latest coronavirus stories by my LA Times colleagues, including an up-to-the-minute tracker of cases across California, don't forget to visit our website. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the LA Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash support LA Times to subscribe. Stay safe and see you tomorrow.